0: Attention, Retronauts listeners, do not skip this very important announcement. This Sunday, October 18th, from 5 to 7 p.m., we'll be renting out the Great Arcade Ground Control in Portland for a private Retronauts meetup. And even though we'll be in town to attend the Portland Retro Games Expo, you won't need to be an attendee of that event to come to our party. Oh yeah, and did I mention it's free? That's right. It's It's free! free! So if you'd like to join us for two hours of fun in a two-story arcade full of classic games and Retronauts fans, all you need to do is RSVP by October 16th, 2015, by going to tinyurl.com retronautsparty. That's tinyurl.com retronautsparty. And we'll also have a link to this registration page on our Facebook page, so please join that if you haven't. It'll be pinned to the top until the event happens. Once again, that's Ground Control, control with a K, in Portland, Oregon, on October 18th from 5 to 7 p.m. So, please go to tinyurl.com/slash retronautsparty and make sure you RSVP by October 16th. And we hope to see you there. And just remember: it's it's free! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Retronauts Micro. I'm your host for this one, Bob Mackey, and in case you're not clear on what this format is, these micro episodes are paid for by our Patreon backers, and they're meant to cover subjects that aren't as extensive as the ones we cover in our 90-minute episodes. So if you listened to our DS episode from about a year ago, you might remember that This platform sort of had an anything-goes atmosphere. Uh, Nintendo wasn't sure if this would replace the Game Boy brand, so we saw a lot of really experimental games and programs and things like that as it was taking off. There were things like Nintendogs and Field of Magic and Brain Training, and a few of those became huge hits, but the platform was perfect for these weird titles that really didn't belong anywhere else. I eventually got a DS about a year after it launched thanks to a very traditional game, Mario Kart 8. Now, I'll admit it didn't necessarily take advantage of the system's dual-screen features, but, hey, it got me off my butt, it got me to get a DS, and from then I was just looking at, like, what what DS games can I play next? And just reading reviews, I noticed a lot of these DS games had just these bizarre premises, and they all operated around touching the screen to play a game. I mean, who would would do that? Touch a screen to play a game? uh, Surely that will never catch on. Out of all of these DS games, one in particular caught my eye. This strange creation from Capcom called Ace Attorney. Apparently, the Ace Attorney games were a Game Boy Advance trilogy, and the first one was coming over in an improved DS format. Just the very idea of a lawyer simulation game had me hooked immediately. I had no idea how they could turn that into a game, how they could possibly do it, so I had to just play it and find out. But before I go on and talk about East Attorney a little more, I do want to provide some context by talking about uh, Japanese adventure games. Now, we all know about adventure games, the famous point-and-click ones by companies like Sierra, LucasArts, and countless others. This was back in an age when popular properties like Blade Runner and Beavis and Butthead and things like that could get point-and-click adventure games. It was a viable genre from about early 80s to late 90s, and it's kind of just coming back in a new form with Telltale so while we in america had plenty of adventure games to choose from the downside was we were not really exposed to a whole lot of japanese adventure games most likely because they're very costly to localize because they have just have a lot of text in them and if you think back to our previous episode about dragon quest you might remember that dragon quest creator yuji hori also created the template for the japanese adventure game with the portopia trilogy now there's definitely a lot of variations on the formula but they usually include a first person perspective an assistant to talk to and give you hints, and a menu-based interface. Again, very few Japanese adventure games actually made it to America in a localized format. In fact, the only one I can think of offhand is uh, Hideo Kojima's 1994 Sega CD release, Snatcher, which, unfortunately, was attached to a Doom platform and probably printed in very, very small numbers based on how much it fetches on eBay. Needless to say, even though it was a great game, Snatcher did not provide the best introduction to Japanese adventure games for American gamers. So, this take on the genre would stay in Japan for roughly another decade, until Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, proved there was a small but viable audience for these games in the United States. So yeah, Ace Attorney is just a take on the classic Japanese adventure game format. And even though it says Ace Attorney on the box, Phoenix is more like a detective. Or maybe they just give attorneys the leeway to tamper with crime scenes in this strange version of the legal system. And the game's premise is actually pretty straightforward. In order to speed up the legal system, each trial in this strange version of Japan slash America, you make the call, lasts only three days. So between each day of the trial, you'll be investigating crime scenes, finding evidence, and talking to people. You're reading text for a good 95% of the time, but the fact that you're moving a cursor around and choosing to absorb the text as you see fit makes it feel like you have a little more agency than your typical visual novel style game. Really though, the courtroom scenes of Ace Attorney are the main attraction. Basically, every trial revolves around reading the testimony of various witnesses, the defense, the plaintiff, and then searching through that testimony for a contradiction that you can point out by presenting evidence or the profile of a person that you've met. This isn't all you'll be doing, though. The game likes to keep it fresh. Sometimes you'll have to point out on a diagram where the killer was, where a certain witness was. Other times, you'll have to point out on a photo something that could contradict testimony or reveal new, um, new evidence. What makes it really fun, though, is the fact that the main theme of the game is how Phoenix himself, the main character of the game, is sort of a hapless loser where the odds are always impossible and completely stacked against him at all times. When trapped in these situations, Phoenix often has no choice but to bluff to buy himself time. And that's when the tensest and most exciting moments of Ace Attorney happen. Those times when Phoenix's back is completely against the wall, and he has no choice but to throw out some outrageous bluff And then the game gives control over to you to find the one piece of evidence that could possibly delay the legal process in some way since all of these trials revolve around murder use the same mechanics and the same talking head animations it would be very easy for ace attorney's trials to get very repetitive and samey luckily with each trial the developers always figure out some new twist to add that you haven't seen before maybe phoenix is on trial for murder and he has to defend himself Maybe his assistant is on trial for murder. Maybe the person he's defending doesn't want to be defended. Whatever the case, you'll want to play through the end of every trial if only to see the villain of the moment go down in flames. Of course, these narrative-based games would not be nearly as special if the writing didn't back them up, and luckily, these games feature some great writing. Ace Attorney's cast is downright lovable, and even the villains are just good people trapped in a bad situation with terrible baggage. There's a great theme of redemption running throughout Ace Attorney, and it's a real feel-good game even though it is a game littered with lots and lots of murder. And it's important to note that none of this great writing would come through if not for Ace Attorney's great English localization, helped into being by Alexander O. Smith, who you may remember from several notable Square translations. Smith might have only localized a few of the games in the series, but by giving the first game a great localization, he set a high standard that Capcom has pretty much met with following games. So after hearing me talk up Ace Attorney and hearing this great music play behind me, you may be wondering, where do I start? Ace Attorney's been going on for 14 years, the sixth game is currently in production, there's all these spin-offs, I don't know where to start with this series. Well, I heartily recommend the Ace Attorney trilogy on 3DS, which released in 2014. It collects the first three games, which form a cohesive trilogy, and it adds several gameplay tweaks that make it much easier to play. And one thing I should stress is that you should buy these games and not pirate them. Not that I think you guys would ever pirate anything, but Ace Attorney needs all the help it can get in the United States, and just buying a game will show Capcom that there is a market for these things here. We've already missed games in the past, and we want to see more of them over here. At least I hope you do. And if you'll allow me to get obnoxiously literary for a moment, if you enjoy these types of impossible murders or locked room mysteries from the Phoenix Wright series, they actually draw from a long history of fiction that I absolutely love. If you're interested, there are three great books that provide an excellent entryway into this brand of mystery fiction. There's John Dixon Carr's The Hollow Man, also known as The Three Coffins in some territories, Agatha Christie's Murder on the Orient Express, and Gaston LaRue's The Mystery of the Yellow Room. I find this kind of fiction so addictive and fun because there are always maps and diagrams and sometimes an explicit challenge to the reader to figure out what happened by the end. And I'll tell you what, I never do. So now that I've had my little reading rainbow moment, it's time to wrap up. If you'd like to know more about Retronauts, visit your local library or just go to retronauts.com or usgamer.net. Every Monday on usgamer.net, we have a companion article for that week's new episode featuring what music we used and relevant links to things we talked about. And as always, we are brought to you by our lovely, talented, and beautiful patrons from Patreon. If you'd like to help out, all it takes is a dollar a month to support the show. So please go to patreon.com slash retronauts. We've got lots of incentives for you if you want to give. That's all for this week's episode of Retronauts Micro. Tune in next week for a brand new full-length episode. And until then, case closed.